0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 107, released on November 27th, 2013. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me, as always, is my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scott.
1: Hello, Steve. What's happening, everybody out there in Internet land?
0: It's it's been an interesting month. We've uh, had a number of things happen that we will obviously be getting into to discuss today. Uh, probably the biggest and most interesting thing for fans out there was the release of Man of Steel on Blu-ray and DVD.
1: What is that? Is that a movie? Have I have I seen that? Am I aware of this?
0: <laughs> actually, this is one movie we can say we actually watched together for the first time in person.
1: That's true. That is true. That's actually kind of a cool uh, thing. We watched uh, Actually, it, no, uh,
0: I, I tell a lie. We did see The Hulk together in uh, 2008. Oh, in
1: right, right. Ah, wow, you're reminding me of things that I. Uh,
0: you probably want to. You know, forget. not
1: that I forget. <laughs> not that I forget my visits with you, but um,
2: <laughs> I did forget about.
1: I actually liked. I actually really enjoyed Hulk, and we did. <laughs> we watched that at the local, I guess, uh, Kentucky. Uh, we went across yeah. the bridge uh, from Illinois to Kentucky and and watched the film over there with a bunch of people that were hanging out uh, from the Superman, uh, you know, fans of the Superman homepage and and fans of Superman in general and. I guess we all like superheroes, even if they're not Superman, and mm-hmm. uh, at that time, Man of Steel's uh, um, future cinematic efforts were kind of up in the air.
0: That's right, yeah, back in 2008, the dark days, we had uh gotten over Superman Returns, and uh, now here we are, five years later, down the track from 2008, when we watched that movie, and we watched uh, Man of Steel together, and... Now it's out on Blu-ray and DVD, as I said, so you can watch it at home in the comfort of your own TV room, lounge room, wherever you might have your own home cinema, whatever it is that you might have set up, and uh, I guess watch it again and and again and again and again as whatever uh, tickles your fancy, but uh, I think the thing that most people were looking forward to were all the uh, Blu-ray extras or DVD extras, the bonus material. Uh, What did did you watch? Have you gone through all those?
1: Well, I watch mine on Frank's two thousand inch TV out in my backyard. Wow. I can see it. He lives about six blocks away, and
0: uh,
1: <laughs> it's easy to see. You know, so uh,
0: did you frisbee this film?
1: I did not actually watch all of the bonus features. Okay. I, I watched, uh, I think, I think just the one that we, uh, was Steve and I actually did a commentary mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago when the movie came out. Steve and I watched uh, the film together uh, live via via internet and uh, talked about it, gave our thoughts as we were watching it. So if you're not yet aware, uh, the commentary is available. I'm sure, other than searching on the webpage, Steve can tell you where to get it uh, more easily.
0: Um, Yeah, just go to the movies section of our website, and you'll find a link there to the commentary that Scotty and I did for for Man of Steel. But um, there's not really a commentary on the DVD Blu-rays itself. What did you think of... Their efforts to in that regard.
1: That is strange. You know, I haven't actually, as I said, I only watched uh, maybe the first special feature. The I think it was the the stunts and the weight training that I watched, and uh, I haven't gotten around to everything else yet. But you're saying there's no actual filmmaker commentary?
0: Well, no. Instead of that, what they've done is something that I think is actually better, something more spectacular. Is you actually get down, you sit down, watch the movie, start watching the movie. And then it breaks away into the segments of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, is almost like commentary. They tell you about, well, look, in this scene that you're about, that it's happening now, this is how we did this. Or it breaks away and you've got, say, um, Richard Schiff comes on or Henry Cavill or Amy Adams or, or Michael Shannon or different members of the cast and some of the crew Come on to talk about it, that particular part of of the of the film and how they filmed it, and some of the um, previs stuff is shown, some of the 3D models. Um, so it's actually better, I think, than just a uh, an audio commentary that you can hear the director or the actors talking over the film. Here they actually break away from the movie and show you sometimes in three and four panels on the screen at the same time uh, the different behind the scenes parts of that scene that you're watching, which. I th- it's fascinating, it's really, really good It's about three or four hours nearly Because they break away from the movie itself To show you these things and then go back to the film it- It's really well done
1: Well, no, that's very interesting I'm, I'm definitely uh, going to get to a lot of the special features I haven't watched yet But uh, that does sound very uh, innovative I'm not sure what other movies have done that But um, that is a neat way to do commentary Without actually sitting down and doing commentary
0: Mm. No, I think it's really well done. It's, it's definitely worth uh, having a look at. Uh, it's uh, something that you will, you know... I was amazed at just how much was actually filmed, physically filmed in camera, uh, how much of the uh, the special um, effects were... Yeah, obviously there's a lot of computer graphics in there, but all the, the, the launches, the landings, a lot of the f- punches and the, the fighting is actually done by the actors themselves. And when you see someone... You know, flying or zoom off—that's obviously connected with computer graphics. But the you know pushing off the ground or landing on the ground or uh, being thrown on the ground—they're all actually done by the actors themselves. I I can't imagine how uh, much effort and and time would have gone into choreographing those fight scenes to film these little you know segments and then have to interconnect them together in a, a fight sequence that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I watched some of that on the. uh on the one special feature that I did watch and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing the uh the steps we've made just even since Superman returns we were talking about before where where you could almost tell in a number of scenes what uh what Brandon Routh was real and what Brandon Routh mm-hmm. was computerized to Brandon Routh and and I love the way they still utilize A lot of wire work here and they still utilize kind of fast speed camera toward his face when he's flying toward you and they kind of uh, mix it as you say intercut interspersed with the cgi effects and it's just it it really is seamless i really only um noticed myself once or twice during the film where i thought i could see a visual i mean we know we're watching visual effects as Mm. we watch the movie for two and a half hours but in general it was pretty seamless
0: I mean things like when uh Clark discovers the scout ship and that robot uh like uses its tentacle thing to latch around his arm and try to stop him from and he's trying to press the the command key into the the panel there they use a person in a green suit to jump in and grab his upper arm and pull him away so that Henry would actually have something physical and and um, with weight behind it to fight against in, in his efforts to get his arm to the, to the command key and push it in, um, you know, you'd think that that wouldn't be necessary. That he would be able just to, you know, pretend that he, something's holding him back. But they actually used the guy in a green screen suit to uh, help that uh, whole sequence out.
1: And it looks it looks spectacular when you watch it. I mean, uh, as I said, it, it really. It looks like he is grappling with a large sentry um, defensive mm. robot there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look at all like uh like a CGI effect even though it is.
0: Mm. So uh lots of lots to look forward to in the bonus material if you haven't checked it all out. Definitely worth uh the purchase of the uh of the home entertainment release of Man of Steel to check out all that bonus material and in um promoting a lot of this stuff they've been releasing a lot of these clips uh, from the bonus material on the internet through YouTube and uh, their own DC Comics YouTube channel. Uh, they've released a number of websites like the Learn About Krypton, which is actually learnaboutkrypton.com, uh, the Superman sighting videos that you can uh, film yourself and Superman flies through your, uh, your your video there. There's lots of different things that they created for the release of the Blu-ray um and you know these weren't out when the movie came out itself but they've been a, a release for the release of the blu-ray
1: i think it's a great idea and we were talking about this before the movie came out with all of the uh kind of um you know viral marketing that they were doing that mm. seems like just with the release of the dvd they're still doing viral marketing and i love it i love uh that they really put all this kind of time and effort and thought into Not only advertising their product, because obviously they want to make money, but kind of, kind of making Superman more into the public consciousness. Not that, not that there's anybody who doesn't know who Superman Mm, is, but, but the idea that there are so many more websites and ads and movies and things that are dedicated to him, Uh, and I hope that continues. Now that we have the sequel coming up, uh, or non-sequel sequel sequel, or whatever (laughs) exactly we're getting, who knows? But uh, the follow-up, right? I'm sure we'll see a lot more Batman stuff, and it makes a, it makes some sense, being that, that Batman's anniversary is coming up too, uh, that they kind of want to. Combine them, and obviously we've talked about this before. It's it should be gangbusters uh, money wise if if it's done well. And uh, I just hope, hopefully, we don't. For me, a lot of people were were not happy with Man of Steel, so a different direction would be good for them. But
3: for me, I
1: don't, I hope we don't lose the feel as we as we move on. But I love all this internet, you know, connection, and and people can go and look up things and learn about Krypton. And we're at a we're at a point in technology where you could actually film a little bit of yourself talking in the backyard and have Superman Henry Cavill swoop in and kind of interrupt what you're doing. And that's something that, you know, aside from being in the age of superheroes on film, which, you know, every few months we can almost look forward to a new superhero movie, uh, I never would have thought 10 years ago that the kinds of things that people can do with their own at home with just things that they can, you know, uh, I never would have thought we would have been there. You know, uh, when they did the live man of steel event, you called in with a question and you were on video, but this family called in with a video and, and did these, uh, they had their own effects and they were using heat vision and they were burning symbols into the walls in their house and they were throwing things into space. and the kids were flying around and, you know, it was a little bit clunky because it was home homemade, but I mean, a few years ago, something like that wouldn't have been possible at all. So it was it was really cool uh, to see, and it. it was neat that they featured that on the, on the live event.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the live events in some detail shortly. Uh, before we move on from that, uh, I wanted to make mention that The Man of Steel a Blu-ray DVD actually topped the sales charts uh, in its first week. Um, I Hooray! saw, yeah, which is fantastic. It uh, It was up against um, that uh, snail animated movie. uh, What was it? uh, Turbo, uh, which was which was released on home on DVD and Blu-ray the same week. Uh, Other than that, uh, the previous films like Monsters University and and those films had been out for a number of weeks. But in its first week of release, Man of Steel jumped to the or should I say flew to the top of the charts uh, for home entertainment sales, which is great.
1: I like to I like to think of myself as someone with realistic goals and uh outlooks. So um, you know, just staying within the realm of what's actually possible. I'm hoping that Man of Steel uh stays number one every week until the end of time.
0: <laughs> that's very realistic, at, you know. I don't well, think you'll be disappointed at all.
1: I mean I, I would never exaggerate or, or, or you know, try and hope for something that's just not possible.
0: No. No, you've you're a very realistic kind of guy. You know,
1: I was myself personally disappointed. I, I just, and, and a lot of people probably already know this, but I just found out that The Hunger Games, the first movie, not the sequel that's out now, uh, was actually ahead of Man of Steel. And I, my, my hopes were crushed, and I I, uh, I, I I, thought about questioning my faith in everything. And, uh, and then I just kind of decided that it wasn't that important. But...
0: <laughs> well, uh, there have been a number of parodies about Man of Steel that have been released this past month some online, some on TV, some in print. Uh, Screen Junkies did a Man of Steel, the animated series, a little animated video clip, uh, which was uh, quite funny, if uh, not irreverent, in regards to the snapping of Zod's neck, and uh, Superman just comes in and starts snapping necks left, right, and centre, uh, <laughs> which is funny in, its, in itself, but you know it kind of gets a little bit old now.
1: Well, yeah, uh, we all know that um, you know snapping necks is just one of Superman's many things that, that he does with uh, great precision. So we don't we don't we don't need to see it over and over again. Obviously, uh, when Lois annoys him, uh, that may be an option. But right now, uh, it's only reserved for situations where there's absolutely nothing else that can be done.
0: Uh, Mad Magazine, or Mad TV Show, uh, also did a uh, parody, which I haven't uh, been able to see yet. Did you catch that one?
1: I was not even aware that there was a Mad TV show of some kind that still (laughs) happened. So no, I I did not. I knew that they were doing the magazine parody, and I guess... Came out a month ago or so, but uh, I I I don't even know where I would watch that. I guess on the Cartoon Network as well. Uh, yeah,
0: I think it's on Cartoon Network. Uh, the the magazine version was called Man of Veal, where the TV episode was called Mad of Steel. Um, so oh. uh, yeah, nice. So they're
1: very it. original with their title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so if nice. you ha- if you get a chance to check that out, um, I'm not sure if there's a, a online. Version of it yet. I haven't seen one made available yet, so that's something worth checking out. I know they did a, a quick clip or a, a quick preview, but um, that's something to look out for if you're a fan of the Mad TV show. Now, you mentioned the Man of Steel live fan event, uh, which took place uh, between uh, our podcasts. Uh, it was uh, earlier in the month, or just before the release. And of
1: co-starred. It co-starred our very own Steve Eunice.
0: <laughs> I don't know about co-starred, but uh, Kevin Smith was the one who hosted the event, and Amy Adams and Zack Snyder were on the couch there in the same room as him in California somewhere, I think it was, while Henry Cavill was uh, on live via satellite from London, and uh, I thought Kevin Smith did a good job. He has a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm for Superman, and... He, he uh, sweated up a fair bit and he's got a bit of weight on, and, but uh, he, he did a pretty good job, I thought. And uh, as he said, uh, my video questions, one of the two that I submitted, got uh, included into the live fan event, which was so cool. I was just wrapped when I actually finally got to see it. Uh, but what did you yeah. make of the event overall?
1: Well, I, I i enjoyed it i watched it live when it uh when it aired uh, online and he started i mean it started right on time right at right at 12 noon. yeah i thought there might be a delay or something but mm. right at 12 noon my time which i was eastern i guess it was scheduled to start at 9 a.m yep. pacific time but it's started at 12 noon right on the dot and i did think kevin smith was i you know i like kevin smith a lot i mean i've never met him i you know uh he could be a uh uh you know a dark side in real life who knows but in in the things that i've seen him do i watch comic book many as a show i don't know if that's available to you uh, in australia but uh comic book men is on amc it's on after uh, the walking dead which is a show i loved and it comes on uh, almost right after that and he uh, has a comic book shop in new jersey that's run by some of his friends from childhood and he hosts a show called comic book men where he talks to them about what happened on the show and he is very likable. He has a lot of energy. He's a funny guy. You know, we've talked about that um, that uh, conference he gave at one of the comic cons uh, about his meetings with uh, John Peters and when he was going to write the Superman script years and years ago. And he's he's very funny. He's very likable. And he clearly loves comic book characters and Superman. And it was neat that they chose him. You know, I found it I found it odd the way they set it up. And I said this uh, I think it was in one of my great scots. He's kind of standing up and they're sitting on a couch and they're kind of staring up at him and he just stood in that spot and kind of like you know did what he did and he's a great host and it was very you know funny and engaging and he has a lot of energy but i'm not sure that i liked the setup there with him standing in that one spot for over an hour Mm. while they sat on the couch uh looking up at him but uh somebody mentioned that uh he shouldn't be wearing sneakers and shorts when he's hosting something like this, but uh, that is his persona. It's kind of like Drew Carey wears those big giant black glasses, and obviously they're not necessarily stylish, but that's his thing, and that's what he does. And I think uh, I think that's what Kevin Smith's persona is as well.
0: That's right. It's almost like a costume for him. as like his own superhero outfit. He's got to wear the you know a uh, a jersey, and uh, he actually got one that. They stitched on an actual man of steel S for him, he says, uh, that was actually worn by Henry Cavill at one point uh, in the movie. So uh, uh, he says that's what's happened, and he was wearing that, and they got to keep it, so uh, good luck to him. But uh, it was uh, well done. It was well hosted. It was uh, well put together. uh, um, Henry and Amy and Zach all answered the the questions put to them by the, the fans in the video, questions that were submitted, and uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, a lot of fans were disappointed. There wasn't anything, anything regards to the upcoming movie, but it wasn't billed as that. It was billed as a Man of Steel live fan event. And so it was all about Man of Steel, not about this upcoming Superman, Batman movie or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, so uh, I think the expectations for that were probably unwarranted.
1: I don't know if there was a rumor or if there was actually an announcement that there would be some special reveal that 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 uh, people expected. Uh, I had I heard in a bunch of different places. Oh, I can't wait to see what the big reveal is going to be. And
3: well, I never yeah. saw
1: an official announcement that there would be a reveal.
0: No, uh, I but, think uh, Kevin Kevin Smith had said that there were going to be some artwork shown, and I think people assumed that it would be a logo or some some imagery of what ah. the Batman costume or something would look like. But it ended up, there There was artwork, but it was paint, paintings that they were auctioning off uh, to help raise money for the uh, We Can Be Heroes uh, DC Comics, DC Entertainment uh, fundraising campaign and nothing really to do with the upcoming movie other than Batman and Superman were in them.
1: Yes, and what, uh, you know, lest we think that uh, this is going to be one thing and not another, uh, Zack Snyder said that he asked some of his personal artist friends Mm. that since the rumor is going around that Batman and Superman are going to be versus each other and fighting in this movie, could you draw me up some pictures for this uh, charity auction? that might look like what that could appear to be if we were, in (laughs) fact, doing a movie. It was very
0: clear on his uh,
1: statement. It was very succinct and very uh, completely uh, uh, open, and and you knew exactly what he was talking about, and and to the point, that's right.
0: (laughs) But, uh, look, he afterwards, uh, via a, a video interview that he and Kevin Smith participated in for the DC All Access videos that are on YouTube... Uh, He did admit that they are not adapting The Dark Knight Returns uh, graphic novel, which was a bit of a concern for a lot of Superman fans because that's how he announced it originally with uh, Harry Lennox at the Comic-Con announcement uh, using the quote from The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, But he and Kevin Smith in that video interview uh, stated outright that look, this is not... You know, this is a different Superman that you know, a totally different Superman would have to exist for that story to be adapted. Uh we're not doing that, uh but uh I think that probably uh was a collective sigh of relief from a lot of Superman fans after that.
1: Well, certainly, but it is interesting because when the announcement was first made with Harry Lennox, he said right then and there, I just want you to know this isn't what we're doing, uh but it's something that we thought we could use to announce what we are doing, which does kind of have a connection to this in one way or another but we're not exactly doing this story he that was you know those were his words kind of in general you know
0: i'm not quoting yeah, directly in you know, in word, uh very to the point manner
1: yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> if we were going to do something like this uh, but we're not doing this uh but this is i per, i i perused through hundreds of copies of different comics and this was the thing that i found that would get you most excited and and get my point across most of something that we are doing that is kind of like this but not really
0: <laughs> yeah i couldn't have said it better myself but uh <laughs> the uh there was a tweet later on in that same week i think it was from a producer who is connected to Warner Brothers who said something like "I can't wait for you know this Superman Batman movie to come out"? Um, you know we've, we've got a, a Batman sitting in his Batcave, um, semi-retired, you know using Bat clones or bat, bat drones was the word, and not speaking to uh, to Nightwing, um, which started people speculating was this going to be similar in tone to Kingdom Come.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's, as I said, I think last time we were talking, uh, there's going to be rumors over the next two years or whatever it is, uh, rumor after rumor after rumor. And you really can only rely on what actually gets released officially, because as we've made clear over the last few statements, Zack Snyder doesn't exactly make anything crystal clear when he does say something. Um, and maybe that's because everybody's kind of in shadow and they have to pretend they don't know that much or you know obviously they want to keep as much under wraps as they can mm. uh but you know that led to of course rumors that there might be a Nightwing in this movie and an actor i'd never heard of was supposedly auditioning for it and then he came out and said that he didn't and uh, so again uh, rumor after rumor we had larry david rumored to be mixius <laughs> midlick last month and now we're into this kind of thing
0: yeah well you mentioned the Nightwing one um his name was, I think, it's Adam Driver, um, who uh, was rumored, uh, yeah, from a TV show called Girls, which I'm not aware of, and um, you've never heard of him before yourself. But he was rumored. I've heard to... of the show though. Okay, well, Adam Driver, heard of the show. yeah, he was rumored to be Nightwing, or be in the running, or be the top contender for the role of Nightwing in this upcoming Superman Batman movie but uh he revealed via a video interview that uh while it's intensely flattering uh it it's he's not involved um he has no idea if it's true um he says it's in, it's incredible world to be in for a bit but uh who wouldn't do that but it's not something that he is aware of and so there's no truth to what he said um so it's interesting but uh it's from Adam Driver's point of view not happening but whether a Nightwing will still be in it, we don't know. But there are other possibilities of other heroes being in the movie. We've heard there's you know uh, a whole stack of women being tried out, uh, female <laughs> actors. A stack of women. Well, you just, every day there's a new name. being. I think there's four names I've got listed as possibly being uh, auditioned for this role that is a female maybe love interest for Batman, maybe Wonder Woman. It's just really up in the air at the moment, isn't it?
1: Well, again, it's it's rumor after rumor, and I'm sure there is some sort of female being cast
0: <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. Uh,
1: <laughs> who knows what it's for? Who it is? It's Wonder Woman. It's a love interest. It's Catwoman. It's uh, it's Batgirl. It's this. It's that. It's Vicky Vale. Um, you know, this movie is was essentially billed as a Man of Steel sequel, mm-hmm. and more and more I hear about it. I keep I keep. It keeps seeming like more of the casting, more of the story, more of the rumors going around are more about Batman's involvement, which makes it seem like an overpowering involvement. Uh if he's got a partner that he's estranged from, if he's got bat drones, if he's in his bat cave, if he has a love interest, all of these things that that are about Batman that seem to be really deep plot threads that would need a lot of exploration for us to really understand and see and get behind and follow. And yet we're here in a man of steel sequel. And there really hasn't been much at all in terms of what is Superman going to be up to and what's his deal in this movie and where are we picking up from?
3: Mm, Yeah.
0: Well, you're right there, but um, the women that I was mentioning, the female actors who were possibly uh, being considered for this female role we keep hearing about. Uh, Jamie Alexander, I think we've mentioned her before. She's uh, in the Thor movies, uh, would be an excellent choice if it is Wonder Woman. Uh, and I'm probably going to pronounce some of these names incorrectly, but there's Gal Gad- Gadot, uh, Elodie Jung and Olga Kurilenko, who have all been uh, touted as possibilities for or trying out for this role. Uh, I guess time will tell if any of them uh, end up being some kind of major female role within the movie.
1: Yeah, I thought that Jamie Alexander, uh, if it if it were for Wonder Woman, and if that's what comes about, uh, really looked uh, looked the role, looked mm. the part and it. Uh, she actually plays that sort of a character in the Thor movie, uh, a goddess type, a warrior type, and uh, I think that that's probably why there's rumor that that's what it's for. But uh, who knows what exactly it is. But if she were to be cast in that capacity, you know, in these Iron Man films, after the first one, they always had cameos of different, you know, Nick Fury showed up and Hawkeye showed up and Black Widow showed up. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole movie has to be half half devoted to one of these other heroes in order for it to work, but just, just, just the overwhelming amount of supposed story points that are coming out about Batman makes it seem that way. But it is possible that uh, he could be more of a periphery character. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And then aside from him, if these other characters are in it, they would almost certainly, based on the time we must already have to put in just to have Batman and Superman meet a few times, argue a few times, and have some physical altercations, as Zack Snyder said they would on the uh, live Man of Steel event, you would think that there wouldn't be a whole lot of room for love interests, estranged partners, and possibly Wonder Woman who... Uh, many are saying, you know, hopefully she is the love interest or hopefully she is not the love interest. Hopefully it's either two separate roles or not a love interest and only Wonder Woman, because that's kind of a point of contention. A lot of people love it when Wonder Woman is Batman's love interest, as she was on the uh, Justice League uh, animated show. And then a lot of people like myself uh, don't feel it really fits, and I don't like it. So if it is a love interest that these women are in for, I hope – that the love interest and Wonder Woman are not one and the same
0: hmm. now the only, only other thing we do know about this movie from a Superman point of view is that they are rebuilding uh, the Kent farm uh, house and barn uh, they're in Illinois not far from uh, plano i think, I think it's yorkville is the the place where they actually where that was built It's the same location um, and that's that that's the only really thing I know about it from a Superman point of view. They're rebuilding that Kent Farm uh, location as we speak, there in Yorkville, Illinois.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because in the story, Man of Steel, in fact, uh, you would have to rebuild the Kent Farm. You know, I was thinking it's it's kind of unfortunate that they couldn't just leave it up or that it's not a, a set somewhere on a on a lot where they wouldn't have to build it again, you know, but they had to rip it all down. But in the movie, the farmhouse gets destroyed and the barn gets destroyed. And so at the same time as what's going on in real life, they would have to rebuild it in the movie as well, you know, as far as, so I, I wonder if we would see that or if Clark's going to, you know i remember there's lots of comics where clark in his uh, in his in his farmer jeans and his farmer getup is carrying different things and fixing different fences and you know putting things together and uh, filling a silo and those kinds of things from different classic comics over the years would be kind of maybe kind of interesting as a personal emotional beat and point and then again to possibly see some flashbacks where they were originally building these parts with jonathan around or mm-hmm. something along those lines as they're rebuilding what zod and friends had destroyed uh but we haven't heard anything about uh, uh kevin costner being involved in the sequel or 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 what you know kind of role The Kent Farm and Martha will play But it is good to know that they are rebuilding it And therefore it is being used So there will be some connection To Clark's childhood And and his emotional background Which is good
0: Yeah definitely so And we do know that Diane Lane Is coming back in her role as Martha Kent So we'll wait and see just how much Of the Smallville Farm Scenes are in this upcoming movie Uh, Which as we keep saying We don't know what it's called but what was interesting this uh, month, we saw a number of domain names, website addresses uh, were uh, registered by Warner Brothers, which gives us a bit of a look inside what the possible titles they may be thinking of for this movie. Just let me list them off. Based on the domain names, we've got Man of Steel Battle of the Night, K-N-I-G-H-T, uh, Man of Still Beyond Darkness, Man is still black of night again with the K and I G H T. Man is still darkness falls, man is still night falls, again the night. Uh, man is still shadow of the night, this time just with an N. Uh, man is still the blackest hour and man is still the darkness within and variations of those without the man is still uh, precursor to those titles.
1: I uh, hate every single one of those. <laughs> Everybody kind of counts on me to be the naysayer, I think, and uh, you know I've decided to go out on a limb and say uh, every one of those is terrible.
0: Yeah, none of them really you know, tickle my fancy. I think Man of Steel, I don't know, Night Falls. I mean, the only one,
1: falls. only, only thing I I do like about it, and you you say that that there were variations of those without the Man of Steel being at the beginning, so I don't even even know what I can make of that, and that is that the ones that uh, you've mainly listed are are ones that say Man of Steel before the secondary title, which which then does imply that it is more of a direct sequel and that this is a plot point that's going on within the sequel. Um, I'm just not, I'm still not, I'm not sure, and I guess we're going to see how, um, and we can't make decisions until we see more, know more, and, and possibly see the whole movie. I just don't understand how in a world that's already been set up where an invading alien force of over 20 superpowered beings with superpowered craft and plasma beams and and the ability to move faster than anybody and and super strength and all those things where we've already seen a force like that come and threaten to destroy the earth and Superman has had to intervene and barely stop it or whatever, how we can introduce a Batman – that will be of any sort of enemy for any sort of time that will present another physical threat after we've already seen the intense physical threat that was faced and defeated in the first film.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know. It'll be, you know, one of those things we'll be uh, watching closely uh, because of uh, exactly what you've said there. How is it possible for this one man with you know, whatever type of armor or battle stuff that he has to, you know, go toe-to-toe with a man like Superman who has all these amazing powers at his disposal without having to, you know, really try. Uh, They're just, you know, it it beggars belief. But anyway, we will wait and see how they do play (laughs) that out. I'm still at a loss. I've got no idea. I, I, you know, I'm still... Struggling with the fact that Batman's in this Superman movie, but anyway, um, we'll wait. The only thing I
1: could maybe think of, and it actually might be interesting, and it might be an interesting way to look at the uh, Deuce machina or whatever that is. Kryptonite that most people Mm. talk about. We have to have kryptonite again. We, you know, this kind of thing. Not so much that Batman attacks him with kryptonite, but perhaps. He is uh, poisoned by kryptonite from a piece of equipment that's left over or from something that he finds, or, or perhaps he has the same reaction that he had when he first went on Zod ship, uh, the Black Zero, when he first had to readjust to Kryptonian uh, atmosphere. And maybe he is then affected throughout the entire movie, you know, where like in Spider-Man 2 where Peter Parker decided to not be Spider-Man or he was having emotional issues and he started losing his powers and they started becoming wonky and that kind of thing. Uh, The only way I could see it maybe happening would be if somehow – Clark was depowered for a good portion of this film and I guess we've already seen that in many various incarnations but it might be interesting to explore you know there was a title there the darkest hour or the blackest hour or whatever it is mm-hmm. that that could imply for the first time since he got past adolescence he's sick he's uh he feels like he's dying he has no powers he 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 can barely lift uh, something normal as opposed to uh fighting an army like he did with Zod and now this other vigilante that doesn't trust him is causing him issues and and to see how he overcomes this blackest hour when he is powerless or something along those lines could be a way to go but uh again that that might take too much spotlight off of superman and put too much on batman but i'm not sure obviously this is all just me speculating but uh we a few months ago had the word of the month speculation but i guess (laughs) for the next two years uh it might be the word (laughs) of the two years
0: very good uh i guess anything's possible from this point onwards we don't know exactly where they're going uh, so we'll wait and see if any of those domain names uh, actually used as the title. We can't forget that they did register Superman vs. Batman, Batman versus Superman, and other variations of those ideas uh, before. So uh, we'll wait and see uh, what the official announced title is when they do finally give us uh, the title uh, for this upcoming movie. But uh, speaking of titles of the movie, uh, most films go through their production with a code name, um, and they, you know, use some kind of some, you know, I think it was, was it Autumn Frost was the name for Superman Returns when they were filming that, and that was their code name for that, so Autumn nobody would Frost. know what it was. Uh, we're hearing now that this Superman Batman movie has the code name or had a code, the code name of Sage and Milo.
1: Didn't we have a Red Sun or something for Man of Steel? Yeah, at that's one right. Point? Yeah, uh, red Sun. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was uh not uh, too uh hard to discover or to to work out. There's obviously uh you know uh, some correlation there between Superman and that title, but what do you make of Sage and Milo? Well,
1: uh, <laughs> I it's kind of a funny name. Uh makes you laugh, I guess. Uh it, it also seems to imply that the film is Superman and Batman or Batman and Superman as mm. opposed to Man of Steel with a cameo appearance by Batman or Man of Steel with several plot points that involve Batman and when you have a you know for instance Lois and Clark the new adventures of Superman was a TV show That featured Superman occasionally, but was about the interplay between Lois and Clark and how their relationship developed and how they came to know each other and eventually love each other and were involved in crime fighting together and occasionally, usually once an episode, it would involve clark changing into the tights and saving someone or stopping something or using his powers in some way um so why did i say all that because sage <laughs> no, and milo sorry. it is sage and milo is more indicative of lois and clark than it is indicative of sage part two
0: right okay uh, I get what yeah. you're saying. I get where you're going then. Uh, when I hear Sage and Milo, it reminds me of Milo and Otis, you know, that little yeah, yeah. <laughs> animal movie the dog of a cat and a, and a cat. you yeah, that's right. Who do
1: you think is Sage and who do you think is Milo? Well, that's
0: what I, when we reported on it, um, it came up, you know, I did a bit of a name kind of search. I mean, uh, we all know that a Sage is a, wi- a wise old man, um, so, you know, where Milo in some name, like name books and things that you can find, is for someone who is a leader, has confidence and discipline. Um, I guess both characters have, you know, um, wisdom and have leadership and confidence and discipline. But a sage being a wise old man would lead me to believe that sage would be Batman and then Milo is Superman, who's a leader, has confidence and discipline. Uh, I mean, that's just speculation. I don't know. Again, speculation.
1: No, that's exactly exactly what I was thinking too. With the word "sage," Milo. I didn't look up Milo. I was just kind of thinking my own personal knowledge of what a sage is, uh, and that again led me to think Batman's name first. Again, uh, <sighs> makes me fear for w- where this movie <laughs> is is going.
0: Well, I mean, Milo. I don't know. Is is a chocolate drink here in Australia? Do you have Milo in America?
1: I do not believe we have Milo the chocolate drink in America. No. We have Yuho. Okay. Should we call it sage and you
0: <laughs> You could. Uh yeah, Milo is one of those powdered chocolate drinks that you know you put two scoops into milk and you stir it up and you you have a chocolate drink. So I guess it's very similar um to something you've got there.
1: We have Bosco here. Oh, that's okay. a uh that's a uh, that was on Seinfeld years ago and I thought it was yes, made up. Bosco. And one day I actually actually saw it in the store. Uh it's very uh very generic looking. It's like red, blue and white letters or something on a on a plain label and uh, yeah. I bought it once. It tastes just like Nesquik or probably yeah. my Well Nesquik so is not- another
0: one. Nesquik is very similar. We've got Nesquik here, so I'm guessing Nesquik is very probably the closest thing that uh, I could think to Milo, but we're getting off Welcome
1: track. back to the chocolate milk <laughs> podcast, everyone. For this hour, we're going to talk about the various grains of chocolate milk mix that you can make. Well, look, if now. Superman
0: was going to be connected with something, chocolate milk would be good.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. You know, they have those little, uh, in some of the comics, I'm sure you've seen them, where they have the milk mustache.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Got, uh, got milk. Batman that so had the chocolate milk one. Right, okay. Uh, make it dark but uh yeah uh, so yeah a chocolate milk is a good thing to have heroes attached to
0: very good All right, well let's move away from our movie discussion because we've already done that with our chocolate milk discussions but uh right. we'll move into comic books uh where we're seeing this krypton returns saga uh crossing over between superman uh, supergirl uh, and superboy yeah you're not you're not enjoying it
1: I don't know. I mean, you might have heard me uh, sighing back here, but uh, Dying. I didn't. I, I didn't really love the hell story in the first place. <laughs> uh, you know, it's when he first appeared. I thought, oh, this could be kind of interesting, and then it kind of just went down the road of, uh, I want to rule and I want to destroy everything and. <laughs> just kind of generic um nonsensical, I just want to do this because i do and and I'm evil and I'm an evil version of Superman or maybe Jorel or I, who knows what i am and and now we got time involved, and I know you love time travel stories, and I do too, uh, but not necessarily just because they're time travel stories um I just find it yeah, I find it tedious. I really haven't enjoyed the Supergirl or Superboy book since the relaunch. And now I guess the rumor or possible uh, possible official statement is that uh, this Superboy is going to be ending within this story because, I would assume, because he's not selling and no one cares. And they're going to bring in a different Superboy, which is the son of, of Lois and Clark in the future. And we haven't even seen hint of... A friendship, really, between Lois and Clark, let alone the idea that they're going to have a kid in the future. Uh, But uh, that could be interesting, except that we're killing off a character that's been around for years and years and years and who has been done, in my opinion, a a disservice book after book, month after month since The New 52 launched. And uh, another thing that I heard, but I don't think we reported on because I thought I would have seen it if you put it up on the, on the homepage, is that uh, not only is Supergirl going to be a Red Lantern uh, for the book month of February, but that her book is also ending and that she's going to continue as a Red Lantern moving forward. Now, my understanding was the books were going to be off that month for the Lantern event and that she was going to be a Red Lantern that month, but that the books would then continue after that.
0: Yeah, well, we, I think we announced it was from uh, one of the conventions where Scott Lobdell was, came out with the, the Superboy uh, announcement about you know the death of Con uh, and also mentioned that Supergirl would be leaving the Superman family and, as you mentioned, would become a Red Lantern. Uh, that's kind of been already uh, uh, officially seen in the solicitations for, I think it's February next year, that issue of... Um, Supergirl sees her on the cover with a red lantern ring uh, about to grab it, I think it is. And uh, so that's pretty much where that's going. But, um, it, you know, they they usually throw these things at us to make us, you know, go, oh, my God, we, you know, this is going to happen now. How, you know, that they can't do this. They, and then people start having a fit and, um, you know, start protesting and what have you. But... Um, you know, uh, whether or not Supergirl ends up leaving the Superman family of characters, I see that. I find that hard to believe. I think it might be a saga, a storyline that they decide to play with, and then she'll eventually come back to being Supergirl. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It will be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: I thought I had remembered reading that she would leave her book for that month and that her book wouldn't be there uh, for that particular. Story.
0: Yeah, well, it's a possibility
1: that was crossing over to many of the DC books and that it was a, another one of the lantern tie, you know, they had the blackest night and they had uh the, the the dead lanterns or whatever they were and and now this. Um but uh, who knows? Uh, and then we're again um, a little off topic, but yeah, the Krypton return story, uh I I haven't been enjoying it. What about you?
0: Look, it hasn't done enough yet for me to say whether I'm enjoying it or not. It's it's flipping around a lot. We you know, you think, oh, the Superboy title is going to be just about what's happening with Superboy on his, you know, Krypton Return saga, but they jump around between what's happening with Supergirl and what's happening with Superman. It's almost like we're back to the triangle titles, the numbering again, where each comic is just continuing on the other, regardless of who is on the title, or who's on the front of the book. Um, so in that way, I, you know, it's... It's not, you know, if you're reading just Superboy for Superboy, well, then you're totally confused if you haven't picked up Supergirl, or if you're just reading Supergirl and you haven't read the Superboy issue, you don't know why she is where she's at. You have to pick up all three books to be able to follow this Krypton Return saga, which is not necessarily a bad thing and probably what they're aiming for in the sales department of DC Comics. But from a fan perspective, if you're only reading a particular book for that particular character, then you're going to be probably disappointed at having to purchase the other books because you need to get them to be able to follow the story.
1: I can't imagine that, that, and, and I'm sure, and maybe I'm saying this because I want people to write to us, uh, but uh, I can't imagine that there are any new fans that are only picking up Superboy or Supergirl and I don't think I can imagine any old fans that ever only picked up Supergirl or Superboy Uh, I could see you only picking up Superman I could see you picking up both Superman and one of the others or I could see you picking up all three I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some women or some young girls might read Supergirl, but this particular version has not been really friendly to children. I don't think that Khan's book has been friendly to children either. So, I think the idea that at least in this family, same with Batman, I don't picture any fans just just picking up Nightwing, or just picking up the Harley Quinn title. Uh, I think if you're a A Batman fan, you therefore then know those characters through Batman and you might be interested enough in their continuing arcs that after you read Batman, you would then read Nightwing. But I don't picture a lot of people only buying Superboy. I'm sure it happens, but uh, I don't really think that that's that much of an issue. And you're right, I think um, crossovers like this are meant to... Get people to buy, and in in my view, get Superman readers to buy Superboy and Supergirl, which are probably not selling that well for those months or however long it goes on. I guess one month in this case. And as far as the story not doing enough yet for you to know, there's only one more issue left, and it concludes. (laughs) So that's the thing. You know, I get what you're saying, and I guess I could say the same thing, and maybe that's why I don't like it, but. We're three issues in. There's one issue left, and uh, and, yeah, and I don't really know anyway. if you've seen anything yet. It's just kind of bouncing around. Time tornadoes. Uh, we're stuck here. We're not stuck here. My mom hates me. She doesn't hate me. Uh, uh, he killed my dad. No, he didn't. He might kill the other Kara, but he didn't. It's just um, and it's strange, you know, to see Kara, this Kara, suddenly uh, try to protect um, Superboy when. Uh, when we know her in the future, uh, our time to to uh, hate clones and to hate Superboy and and to think he's an abomination.
0: Yeah, um, she so do not know kind of, if he's a clone. I'm not sure if she knows that he's a clone.
1: Well, in the one story, not the original. No, the the one, the yeah. the, the, the one, the one from the past. She she probably doesn't know. No. but our current Supergirl Does. has made it clear, yeah, really, like toward both Superman and Superboy that she really doesn't want to have anything to do with either one of them which is another reason why i I just haven't been that happy with the superman family uh, because it doesn't seem much like family and i know Families in real life, you know, as we get as we get close to Thanksgiving here uh, in America this week uh, There are arguments sometimes around the table people leave in tears, you know People come back people hug people get back together There's a drunken uncle dancing on a table somewhere, you know things happen in families that don't seem very family-like, but uh, there hasn't been there hasn't been one moment except for Superman's attempts which are very very few and far between to at least make some sort of connection there hasn't been very much uh, about them that makes them seem related in any way all three of them none of them have had too very much interaction except in this uh, and the other Hell storyline where they were kind of forced and then suddenly they're like brothers or he's like an older father to Superboy or an older brother to Superboy and and suddenly they're they're trading snarky dialogue back and forth when they've barely even seen hide nor hair of each other through the entire two years before that and and Supergirl as I said has just been a, a pissy little you know punk punk from the very beginning and, and doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody so it's very, very annoying, and I can see where if you were a fan of Kara beforehand, that this could be very disheartening because she's she, – and I know they're trying to make her more edgy and more aggressive and more, I don't know, relatable to Earth teenager, I guess. But it's just – it's. I don't think Kara's likable at all, and I think Superboy's stories are just dull and boring, and it's the same. It seems to be the same story month after month, with just a different face on the villain. And then he gets controlled, and then he's, you know, his powers are out of control, and he's attacking people he doesn't want to attack. Uh, the only books uh, for me that have been that have had any sort of staying power for me have been Superman in Action, and they have been iffy as well at times.
0: Yeah, well, the uh, comic, uh, the Krypton Return saga is uh, wrapping up uh, another issue, as you stated. Um, So we will see where that goes, and maybe next month we'll come back and and see whether or not it uh, met your your standards or not. Uh, We'll wait and see. But uh, beyond that, uh, Young Justice Legacy is a video game that has been released, one that we've been... Uh, mentioning months and months and months ago it's sad that the TV show ended months and months and months ago and here these video games come out uh, and just now uh, when Young Justice is nearly forgotten by a lot of people.
1: It's so weird. I mean, I'm kind of interested and want to play it. I wanted to play it a year and a half ago when it was first announced, when the show still was on. Uh, and I, I, I hope to be able to get a copy. My guess would be that there wouldn't be very many copies produced, that they won't sell very well, and that they'll be pulled from the shelves fairly quickly. Because, as you said, Young Justice has mostly been forgotten about if it was known by anyone to begin with. It wasn't, uh, you know, super popular, obviously, or or it would have stayed on. At least that's my, you know, if it was doing gangbusters in the ratings, I don't think any network would pull it off television. So. Mm. Uh, who knows what's going on, why it took so long, or why they even bothered. My What I thought was going to happen was that it was going to be cancelled and it would never see the light of day. So along that vein, I'm kind of happy. Uh, it's a positive thing, but it's, it, it's very confusing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the uh, game company isn't pleased with the way it's panned out. They had to uh, stop producing a number of the uh, video, uh, I think the Nintendo uh, versions, the Wii versions of the game, because it just wasn't happening for them. Uh, but it is out for PlayStation 3, for the Xbox 360, and Nintendo 3DS. So uh, check that out if uh, that's to your liking. Uh, the do you, other... uh,
1: do you have the do you have the company there that uh, produced the game? Because Little Orbit. I, I don't think I've ever heard of them. No. Uh, maybe they've produced a game before. But here's the thing: I was talking about uh, video games the other day with someone, and, and that is that. Many of them make much, much more money than any Hollywood blockbuster does. You know, uh, the latest edition of Call of Duty, or, or, or you know, uh, the one where you steal cars, uh, sells billions of dollars, whereas Man of Steel only made 500 million or something worldwide. So, generally, if you have a game series that sells lots and lots, you can make, you can make it killing but if you if but if you're a studio and you're making your first title you may only have one other chance to make another title before your your time is up and before your studio goes under because it's very expensive undertaking there's a lot of time put in there's a, there's a lot of uh, expenses that go into making a game and something like this could destroy an entire studio you know everybody then gets fired everybody loses their job then obviously if they are if they are experienced people and if they're good at what they do they can go to another studio but it's it's not exactly only affecting a couple of fans who might watch Young Justice on television. Uh, this is a whole game company, a million-dollar industry, and a whole possible comp- company that goes out of business because uh, whatever, because of whatever it was that happened. That I'm kind of convinced by this point, we'll never ever know what exactly it was.
0: Mm. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully s- see if we can get to, um, get to play the game, uh, so we can give a bit of a review on it, but um, if anybody does get to play it, let us know what you think of Young Justice Legacy, the video game. And the only other real news item available to us this month that we need to touch on is the fact that uh, Warner Brothers won a their final appeal in the Superman copyright battle that seems to have been a never-ending battle uh, and is now actually ending uh, the final appeal won by Warner Brothers, which is good news for them.
1: Now this has ended now, but hasn't it ended eight years ago? (laughs) Eight years before that, and a settlement ten years before that. And I mean, it seems to me that the never-ending battle still isn't necessarily over. It's over for now, uh, you know. And then whatever, however many years the appeal runs out, or in however many years that they can file again, or uh, you know, until everyone dies off. It seems like this could still go on, or 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 is this a definitive? Is this really a definitive no, well, end? Yeah,
0: that's what I'm hearing. It's a really definitive end. Warner Brothers now legally owns Superman with rights affirmed against any possible heirs or challenges.
1: Oh well, then that's good, I I suppose for them. Yeah, certainly, and uh, possibly for we fans. You know, we've talked about it before. Who knows what would happen if 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 Warner's lost so much of the title. Uh, that that they really didn't even find it to be worth while to go forward because they would only get a certain amount of the percentage of the profits or whatever and and so I guess, as disappointed as some people are with the direction Warner Brothers sometimes takes their characters or Marvel or anybody whoever it is if if they were to lose too much of the rights. They could then say, well, we'll just make uh, movies out of characters that we own fully and forget about Superman, which mm. would be a terrible thing. So uh, I guess it's uh, good uh, in that manner for us that uh, that did happen.
0: Yep. So that is our discussion topics for this episode of the podcast. I did want to make mention of the 2013 Shield Awards. They're currently on at the moment. We are taking your votes for the various topics and categories in the world of Superman for 2013. If you'd like to uh, get involved, you can win yourself the Man of Steel Steelbook from Walmart as a prize for being involved in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Awards. Check them out on the Superman homepage.
3: Let's start with the big question.
0: Okay, let's move into the big question segment of the show, where last month... Our question was, uh, "What did you think of the Superman seventy fifth anniversary animated short?" Um, Surprisingly, we didn't get anything but one response this time around. That's a bit surprising to me. Yeah,
2: I wonder if it's because um, not many people had have watched it yet. You know, it came out as we said before uh, with the uh, DVD release of Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Maybe people were waiting to watch it there. You know, I almost skipped watching it online because. I knew it was coming out, and I'd rather watch it on the big screen. But uh, Or maybe it just didn't uh, strike people's fancies. I, I'm not sure. But we did have Guthrie McClain, uh, one of our regulars, who wrote in and said, uh, Like Scotty, I wanted more, and I was disappointed for the lack of other Superman portrayals. What I considered to be a great Superman moment in the past was J.L.U., when Superman cut loose against Darkseid. That, for me, was one of Superman's greatest moments. It would have also been nice to have seen... Krypton and TV Smallville animated, and Stamp Zod and Hackman's Luther too. I know they only had two minutes, but why not make it slightly longer? Maybe they didn't need to include the various animated shows because it was redundant. What I enjoyed most from the short was the comics in motion. Maybe it would have just been better off to make this a short tribute to the comic books.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I that's, think...
2: his, that's his. Uh, you know.
0: That's his opinion. I know. Yeah, I think uh, we had you had similar thoughts in regards to the animation animated shows and. And, um, it's one of those things that there'll be endless discussions on what they could have put, what they missed out. And I think we kind of, uh, discussed that at length, uh, in a previous, uh, or last month's show.
2: Yeah. I mean, they did add the Smallville water tower, which, um, look like the smallville tv show Mm. water tower because uh, even in man of steel there's a there's a water tower in smallville but it doesn't look like the one from the tv show but Mm. the one they drew with alex alex ross's superman flying in front of it carrying the villains there certainly looked like the one from the tv show so maybe that was their their homage to that
0: yep well that was our big question segment from last month uh what's our new question for this month scott our
2: new question is, what do you like best about the Man of Steel Blu-ray DVD release? Is it being able to watch the movie again and again at home, a particular bonus material item or a special feature?
0: Yeah, well, let us know what your thoughts are. Scotty and I discussed the Man of Steel Blu-ray DVD release earlier in this show. Now is your chance to tell us what you think is the best part or the best feature of the man of steel home entertainment release get involved by sending in your thoughts using the big question form found at the superman homepage or uh, you could uh, email uh, sorry you could uh, email us an mp3 of your a recording of your answer and we will play that here next month in radio KAL.
2: You know, hopefully more people are excited about the Man of Steel Blu-ray DVD release than seemingly excited
0: <laughs> about the animated short. Yes, let's hope. Uh, surely we'll get uh, more than one response for this part of the show in our next uh, podcast. So let's move into the super super secret soundbite segment. Yeah. Only one thing alive. Less than
3: four days can hear this frequency men mm-hmm. and
2: Last month's Super Secret Soundbite came from the Super Friends cartoons and two people guessed it correctly. They were Jeremy Crawford and Chris G.
0: Yeah, well done guys. Uh it was a bit of a uh an awkward one to guess. Uh if you hadn't watched the Super Friends in a while, it uh it was a bit obscure, but uh well done to those two guys for guessing where in the world of Superman it came from. It was indeed the Super Friends cartoons. And uh here is our new sound from the world of Superman. Uh, I think more people might guess where this is from.
3: Silencing me won't change anything.
0: Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super-secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL. (laughs) It's time now for the Superman comedy sketch. What do we have, Steve? Well, this time around, uh, we have something that we thought we'd better play uh, this month because we're heading very near to the end of 2013, which is, as everybody knows, Superman's 75th anniversary. So here we have uh, Jimmy Fallon from his TV show, his pros and cons of Superman turning 75.
3: Uh, It is time to take a look at the stories making headlines today and weigh the good with the bad. It's time for pros and cons. Here we go. Tonight, we will be taking a look at the pros and cons of Superman turning 75. Ooh. That's right. It's been 75 years since he first appeared in comic books. As you can imagine, a lot has changed now that he's older. So let's take a look at the pros and cons of Superman turning 75. Here we go. Pro, he's still the man of steel. Khan, as long as he takes a Viagra. Well. That's very <laughs> pro, he's able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Khan, he's unable to turn off the caps lock and his keyboard. That's can be yeah, tricky. trouble. Tricky trouble. I read his emails I'm like, are you shit? Yeah,
0: why are you yelling at me?
3: Uh, <laughs> Jor-El, why are you yelling at me? Uh, pro, he's ready to save the planet at a moment's notice. Con, except between 7 and 7.30, that's Jeopardy! time. (laughs) You don't mess with my Jeopardy! time. (laughs) No one does that. Uh, Pro, kryptonite renders him weak, confused, and powerless. Con, so does the self-checkout station at CVS. Yeah. Those things are confusing. I don't know what I'm doing. I always feel like I'm stealing something. Putting humans out of work. Yeah, thank you, Higgins. (laughs) Pro, he's quick to hand out justice. Con, he's even quicker to hand out Werther's Originals. Ooh. Yeah, back I had one. In, back in my game. Back in my game, we used to wear those by the handful. Uh, pro, he still wears a red S on his chest. Con, only now you can't see, because his pants are pulled up so high. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't that's care true. anymore. Looks like a C. He doesn't care. <laughs> They're not even tight. They're boxers. Yeah. Uh, pro, he used a telephone booth to change into a Superman outfit. Khan, there aren't many telephone booths anymore, so now he has to wait in line to use the bathroom at Starbucks. Yeah. That's, That's annoying. Sad. Like everybody else in New York. That could be annoying. Yeah. Pro, he can immobilize an enemy if he blows his freeze breath. Khan, he can kill them if his dentures accidentally fly out. Oh, tough when that happens. True. Pro, he's now older and wiser. Khan and just a tad racist. Just a tad. Just a tad. With my Warlords originals. <laughs> and finally, pro, even at 75 years old, Superman can still fly. Con, except now he leaves his left blinker on the entire time. There you go. Those are the pros and cons.
0: Well, there you have it. Funny stuff. Uh, <laughs> I've always loved Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's some interesting lit- items man. on his list there. Yeah, yeah. Very good. All right, well, let's move into our Superman song segment. Superman or Charlie
2: Brown is the name of the song, and it's by Small Town Romeos from their 2002 album titled Super Fiction.
0: Yep, here it is. Superman or Charlie Brown by Small Town Romeos. Sometimes, yeah. In- Story, you know they still don't have a medicine fire. It. it
3: keeps pushing me around, baby.
0: song here on Radio KL, and that is our show. Uh, a bit of a, a quicker one this month but uh, well we're always open to your suggestions about what you might like to hear on this podcast. If there's a topic you think we need to be discussing, if there's a song you'd like to suggest, a big question you'd like us to ask the fans, a comedy sketch you'd like to hear or anything else about our show you can email myself at steve at supermanhomepage.com com or you can reach Scotty via his, his email address, which is scotty at supermanhomepage.com, or you can use the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage, and we'll try to use your suggestions in our future show. But for now, that is our show for this month. Thank you, Scotty.
2: Thank you, Steve, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, always look up in the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.